Hello and welcome to the ANA Take with me, Alex. And with me, Adam. This week on the podcast, we will, as always, discuss some of the hot topics in the week, have a laugh at some of each other's old school reports, and see what random topic Alex is going to bring to the table in Alex's choice. Yes, and just before we start, we just want to let you know that we are all abiding by social distancing. So once again, let's begin. So as always from now, let's start with our personal highlights of the week. So I'll go first, shall I, this week? Definitely. Uh, Alex, and obviously last week I spoke about me taking the bins out, and that was um, <laughs> quite a nice little funny story. This one's, uh, I'd say, equally amusing, but you'll probably laugh at me as opposed to with me, but that's, but, but that's fine. I think it's, um, for me, probably a low light of the week, but I think you'll find it amusing. So basically, people, people who listen, people from home, won't realise where we actually record us from. So we're both in our own houses. Yep. Uh, I do this in a conservatory. So it's uh, it's raining today, ironically. So you might be able to to hear that if you wonder what it is. But last week it was really really sunny. I'm sure you can remember last weekend, really sunny, really Sweaty, hot. In fact, yeah, yes, that. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> obviously, I'm in a I'm in a conservatory. So last week I was extremely extremely hot by the time that we <clears> finished. Um, so what I thought I would do is just go and stand next to a fan. I'm pretty sure I, I even told you that, Alex. You said, oh, uh, let, let me know when, they, when you've downloaded the files and stuff. I went, yeah, that I will. But I'm just stood in front of a fan. I didn't minute. believe you actually were st- stood in front I, of a fan. I was, but, but this is where it gets funny. Um, virtually instantly, my, my skin on my arm particularly turned uh, very red, very sort of blotchy red, rash-like almost. Uh, and basically, I am allergic to, to fans is the, is the short story here. <laughs> So because of the dust that recirculates, um, I am allergic, my, my skin has an allergic reaction to it. So I oh. now can't sit or stand in front of a fan for a prolonged period of time. Otherwise I get all red. Wow. Are you sure it's the fan? Are you sure it's not maybe the Definitely. dust? Well, 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 both. Because both. <laughs> that, that type of fan, you know, circulates air from yeah, one yeah. side and then puts it out the other side. So essentially, essentially it is, it is the dust, but it's wow. that. Yeah, that made my skin go all, go all red and I had to put some aloe vera on it. So that's something I'll not be making that mistake again. Wow. Wow. So mine is slightly different to that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if... I'm not sure I call yours a highlight or not. Um, <laughs> probably, I, yeah, uh, probably for other people. Yes. I've actually been very productive. So I've, I'm, I'm finishing my uh, university not too far away. It's a very long drag at the moment. Um, and I've been having a, an essay. This is mine actually from yesterday where I got up at 10, 10 in the morning. I worked solidly till lunchtime on my essay and then I decided I was going to make some bread. Mm-hmm. So I've not really made bread very often before. Um, and mum has this tendency to just buy things in the uh, supermarket <laughs> and um, she just found at the bakery this massive bag of like malt wheat flour which I'd never really used before. And so she said, make some bread. So I thought, I'll make some bread. <laughs> and I, I, I can't have it baker and cook anyway. Uh, this is the first time that I've made a malt wheat round loaf bread. And let me tell you, the growth on that bread, and when you put it in to prove so in the oven, it's phenomenal. It is, it is a sensational um, thing to do. And it actually tasted quite nice. So, I mean, I probably distracted myself from the essay, which I need to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the bread turned out fantastically. So another, another positive moment for me this week. And that one's definitely a highlight as well. Definitely, definitely. So this week on the podcast, um, we really felt we, we had to talk about the abhorrent situation we find ourselves in, both 
in the US and here in the UK really surrounding the topic of race and the ongoing Black Lives Matter movement. Um, probably because you obviously can't see both of our faces on this exactly. uh, podcast. Um, I am a member of the fame community. Uh, my dad is um, Afro-Caribbean um, and obviously I, I'm mixed race. My mum was from Newcastle, so I've got a real good mix um, in the gene pool for me. Um, so I suppose it's, it's been something that's, well, you can't really get away from it at the, at the moment. Exactly that. Um, I mean, there's so many topics within that that we could talk about and we could easily voice our opinions on the situation. But the truth is, you know, people, the media, everybody have already said throughout the week, really what there is to say about it. And more importantly, who are we and particularly who am I to say what's, what's right and wrong really. So what we've tried to do instead is we we're going to look to maybe decipher some of the facts in these situations and hopefully say what every single person listening can can maybe do to help and look for what the possible future solutions or considerations need to be put in place. Um, so hopefully that we can we can look to nip this and, and move on in a more positive society. Exactly that. So I mean the Black Lives Matter movement has been around for for a while really but um it kind of it wasn't as big as it has been in the past week and that was restarted with the with a really sad um murder of, of george floyd in the u.s um petitions protests and everything of the like has seen the officer who who was responsible have his sentence escalated from third degree to second degree murder um which just shows that these petitions and these protests work that they're a good thing that people should do them. And when you really look through history, everything, everything that we take for granted now was achieved by, by protesting, by not necessarily by signing petitions back then, but by being active and doing something about it. And that's Definitely. kind of what we want to do and just tell people, everybody, literally every single person who listens to this, regardless of anything that you can, arguably that you should do something and try and tell you what, you know, what you can do. But, I mean, Alex, as you as you said, you're part of the uh, BME community. Is this is this affecting you in any way? Um, I mean, I, I've been very fortunate. I've I've never really seen or experienced um, direct racism mm-hmm. to me directly. So I've been very lucky in that. Um, I think what has affected me more so is just the staggering number of uh, people on social media that first when this kicked off that that were posting black Lives matter uh posting you know the black screen and that i could not i can you know i could not go through instagram twitter facebook without just being bombarded yeah um with that with that movement and i i just think from a first step it was quite a a touching moment to see mm-hmm. that in this already difficult pandemic time I almost felt like people had come together even stronger again for a, a really, really important um, matter. Um, you know, we, we've seen that through the, the protests. We've seen that through uh, millions of signatures um, asking government to debate this and for you know legislation to change. And, and again, the officer, the sentence escalation. People really are pushing for that so i i think the biggest thing that i've seen is just that united uh, culture between everybody and people yeah. that you wouldn't expect and everybody's talking about this um it's just it's just fantastic really yeah i mean 
we, I think through social media, we're seeing we're seeing the good and the bad of it, really. And the good of it is that it allows people all over the world to to send messages of support, to 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 do action of support as well by signing things and and joining protests wherever they can. Um, it's possible to argue that we're seeing the bad side of social media as well because because people going about things in different ways, working out how to help in different ways is causing arguments when really everybody's trying to work out to the same solution, the same conclusion. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think what is, is really, really difficult is that I think in this topic, because it's so sensitive, I'm not sure everybody is 100% uh, aware or know what the best solution or what they can try and do to help. You know, I've seen many people that I follow that have said, don't just post a black screen, actually go to look to educate yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and let's go and try and, and make a difference going forward rather than just posting on, on that social media bandwagon, which, you know, I think it's really easy to do. It definitely helps because it, it is more aware. But maybe actually there's, there's that step of how do we look to educate people um, and whether or not, people really have been educated through society. And, you know, I would, I'd ask, ask you the question. I've looked back on sort of our school time um, and, and thought about it. thought, how much education did we have? And, and we're the young generation of today. Yeah, exactly. Really get on racism or key uh, fame uh, figures across society. I mean, I can't really recall a lot of it. No, I mean, neither can I is the truth. I mean, it, it's, it's not, I don't think it's something that was, that was shied away from. I don't think it was something that, that, that teachers and, and, and government even given a, in, in my account curriculums avoided. I don't think that was the case at all. But, but I mean, there's things happening now when you think back to the last time that there were sort of riots and protests around this sort of issue in this country. And it was in, um, in, in uh, 2011, and there was when there was riots throughout the country uh, and protests, and I didn't realise until this week when I looked into it that was because of a of a of a BME death uh, in this country, and I hadn't realised that. And we were and we were at school then. That was when we were at school, and we were um, of an of an age then, a secondary school age, where teachers should feel comfortable and confident, and should feel like they want to tell people what's going on yeah and that didn't and that didn't happen if that if that wasn't happening when it's there and now you know then i mean look back on history and i mean you talk about the british empire for example and 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 and, and colonial history like that which was just you know the only word to describe that really now looking back is is racist you know yeah. it was it was you, you can't believe those things were ever ever done by anybody and no. and that's not really picked up on that side of things it's kind of just you know, this is what the British Empire was. This is how many countries they, you know, had possession of. But the people within them countries, you know, you, know, you didn't, you didn't really, you didn't really, really, really at all anything about them. And that that has to change. So people can understand why it's wrong to judge somebody on the colour of their skin. Why it's wrong to give them names that are going to cause offence because they're names that we used to describe them centuries ago. But that's that's something that you kind of just expected to pick up on. You're not, from what I can remember, explicitly taught. That at all, I don't think. No, I'd agree with you on that one. And I mean, I, I did you do? I can't if you did, but I did um, GCSE history. Um, I didn't know. No, and I think we did. Uh, what did we do? We did um, med medicine through time. We did the Wild West. We looked at you know, it was primarily focused around you know a lot of key 
white figures um, yeah. within that time. And, you know, I think, you know, Mary C. Cole, uh, Nelson Mandela, we could have discussed a lot more, just to name a yeah. few. Um, Martin Luther King. I mean, they're just three iconic um, figures in black history. They really weren't uh, discussed very much. And mm. I actually think, you know, we had it Black History Month, but I never really recall it being a big thing. It was just kind of there. And I, I actually think when we when we think back to our previous one of our previous episodes when we when we spoke to uh, Martin the teacher, mm-hmm. I, I think this goes back to uh, how do uh, exam boards and, and how do teachers have the control to start teaching these these topics because we've already seen all of the the movement from everybody everybody's in agreement that people should know about these these figures yeah. and people need to learn about you know those historic times and also like you said the other side to the british empire the other side to some of those yeah. those times do you think um it would possibly create a bit more ease in in, in community if the education secretary came out and said that he was going to work with um, the exam boards and, and really try and find a way to make sure that you know black history and BAME history is included in school do you, do you think that might help yeah certainly I mean it's not it's going to do it any harm is it and I think that it's it's such a sensitive topic because we as we mentioned but it's and everybody wants to do everybody's searching for the same answers they want to move for everybody wants to move forward together and people are trying to do it in different ways but i think the only way to to make this work long term is to educate people from a very from a really young age because you know your life is your life is shaped from what you learn in school a lot of yeah. and obviously you know you learn things from your environment as well you know the house that you brought up in and your surroundings from where you live and stuff but you know, so much is learned is learned in school which is half the reason why my reception year one uh, pupils are the ones that the government want to get back into school it's because Definitely. they miss six months it's going to be it's going to, it, it could have a huge detriment on them at that age and i think that that no age is too is too young to start because nobody's born racist you know you see so many especially now in primary schools you see so many you know friendship groups of multi-ethnicities multicultural i've got to say there's uh there's one well, i have it saved on my phone it's one of my favorite pictures it makes me smile and there's two little american kids one's white one's black and they do look very very similar um and the the comment is that they uh, they both shaved their heads so that the uh, teacher wouldn't uh, be able to tell the difference between <laughs> uh who who was who and yeah. it always makes me smile and i agree with that i think you know the innocence and what young children what they learn and what they see um really impacts them and again maybe it's a consideration we should think about is how educated are our older generations those parents are they really passing the information down correctly in workplaces you know how how much time is spent on diversity inclusion education on 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 those topics to make sure that the older generations that this probably wasn't a hot topic in those in their prime time um, and yeah. they are aware of what this really means and, and and what's going on yeah i mean just 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 for example on that i mean my granddad is 92 he left school wow. when I, th- I i think he left school when he was 13 so he left school in 1940 i think it was um you know 
this these sort of people and even the generation below that everything that they know will be from what they've learned from their surroundings and learned from their families as well really they're not going to get taught things in school that age nobody was and i think that's why it's so difficult is that there's, we have so many people in, in this country who don't know what the answer is and so they all trying to do different things some of them even you know verbally attacking people who want we want to move forward together and just think you know you're allowed to have a different opinion of course you are you're allowed to have a different opinion on how to move forward however there are things where where you where like for example racism no that that that, that's not an opinion it's just morally wrong you know and these people who are saying these these things will have learned it from somewhere yeah and that's and you have to try and stamp it out there but if you stamp it out when people are in school and coming through school and you can even hope really that you know that children will educate parents natural facts and it might even work work the other way around because i think that happens i think i think it happens now with a lot of things a lot a lot of school subjects are things that parents will have forgotten from when they were there or, or, or weren't taught when they were there i think i think a lot of like for example with no with with homework children in primary school sometimes will come in with homework and their parents won't know how to do it yeah i agree i agree and i think you're definitely right because i you know i call back on my dad's told me a story before where he's uh when he was a lot younger he was stopped by the police just because for the sake of stopping him um you know maybe because it was, he was black when he played football uh he, he'd had um racial remarks thrown at thrown at him and that kind of thing and i think you're right a lot of it is the education part of it because in that era in the probably 70s maybe time mm-hmm. in the yep. uk people didn't know people that was what people did it wasn't uh, it wasn't yep. um there so i i really do think we're at a, a pinnacle part of history where there is a real chance for some change through government through legislation and you know people people have shown that by by their voices and, and you know talking about it and I'm, I'm really quite positive um the only the only concern and maybe we have to just mention this slightly is is are these protests that are happening in london and around the world are they gonna put us back within this pandemic position because you know we know that sometimes they they've been reported at the end that there's been some uh, violence pictures i've seen are, are showing that they're not two meters apart you know i'm all behind the message that they're standing for but are we going to be in a in, a, in a, a really bad position after this yeah that is that is the ultimate question i think in a minute i think i mean you mentioned the good the good side of social media early on i think i think this this shows the bad sides of social media because media outlets news organizations they're not going to get clicks or, or not going to sell papers if they report peaceful protests you know that, that yeah. it doesn't get clicks and the vast 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 majority of the protests were completely peaceful there's no there's no yeah. violence there's no rioting at all there was a very very small amount of that and that gets and that gets people blunt in the media because it gets used and it gets clicks and that's the society that we live in which is which is a shame and people won't have seen the full stories they won't have watched the full videos they'll read headlines and they'll read you know violent riots in london for example and that's just not true um but i mean everybody of course has a right to protest and as we mentioned earlier on protests are what are what has shaped history yes but i mean we've seen scientific proof that people from bme backgrounds are are statistically higher 
to suffer and, 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 and potentially even even die from from coronavirus, especially in, in this country. And that might be due to occupation. We see a lot of these yeah. people working in the NHS, a lot of these people working on, on the front line. It might be that. It might be a, a genetic biological thing. I just think, I mean, for you personally, did, did, did attending one of these protests ever come into your mind? Or did you think, yes, this is important, but right now we have, we have a, a global pandemic on our hands, which I'm not saying the Black Lives Matter thing in itself isn't in many ways a pandemic, but you know, which one for you right now, it almost almost sort of outweighs the other in a way? Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, with this whole situation, I was never really uh, looking to go to a protest just because of, you know, as you said, the stats around the increased risk for your health. Um, I personally think it could set, set us back um, and within where the progression that we've actually made. I'm 100% behind the message and I've signed the petitions. I've looked, I mean, I've educated myself on, on yep. this because, you know, I didn't know about, I've heard phrases like institutionalized racism, white mm-hmm. uh, privilege, all, all these different elements of racism that I wasn't really um, clued up on, you know, even to the extent where, and this is something I, I kind of wanted to mention was my music taste. And I yep. listened through to some of my music um, and I couldn't believe when you listen to the lyrics quite as uh, how how racial some of them can actually be. Um, and this is something that I, I also think we have to kind of be aware of. And maybe we look to educate it within the media and the television industry of the, you know, some of these celebrities and these high profile uh, figures don't get me wrong i'm all behind them st- standing up and communicating the same message but they've also created uh music and songs that have these racial slurs in it so there's an element of how do we also educate them and educate that music environment or you know that that world to ensure that those regulations are in place that that can't happen anymore and um, so that that people actually stop progressing with this do you think that actually that actually creates a divide in a way i I think if if i'm honest i think potentially yes because i think that there will be communities in this that have been less spoken because you only you're seeing the huge um unite between everybody but actually when even when i thought about it i thought how do i fully say that I've not kind of been involved in this because I've listened to it. Uh, you know, I've, I've watched films with those, those terminologies being used. Uh, the music gets in there and you think, well, mm-hmm. I've listened to this. Y- yeah. You know, you, you see some of what uh, celebrities have posted on their social media and you've heard it in the background or you, you've heard it on their music and you think, so we, we've all kind of been involved in it. And I think yeah. that's something that I wasn't really aware of. Um, and I think that makes it even hard, harder to, to be able to, to, to move forward. Yeah. I mean, I just, I also want to just touch very briefly back again on the, on the, on the protests and if they're, uh, and if they're the best thing to do at the moment. And I think, again, it's another battle on social media is that people see what they want to see and they hear what they want to hear in a way. I think a lot of people are going to say that, um, that if the, if there is a second spike in the in the virus, 
um, that people are wrong to blame these protests because nothing was said when people were at beaches even mm. just a, just a week ago. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've just, just, you know, just for the sake of, of, uh, of neutrality almost, um, I have some headlines from bank holidays and stuff um, from different organisations, different newspapers. Um, one of them says, stay at home during the bank holiday. Hot weather, Downing Street urges Britain. Um, sunny bank holiday weekend plea to stay home ahead of lockdown. Uh, a conga line celebration on VE Day was criticised for breaching the lockdown as Boris Johnson pleaded with the public to stay at home over the bank holiday weekend. So, I mean, you see a lot of people saying, oh, well, you can't blame one. You can't, you know, you can't. And, and, and that's all calling a divide as well. I, I, my own opinion that there is nothing wrong at all with saying that people shouldn't have gone to beaches and that people shouldn't have, thousands of people shouldn't have gathered so close together. Yes, it was a majority peaceful process and everybody has a right to protest. But I mean, we saw pictures from London yesterday of what looked like probably 10,000 people Definitely. all together. Yes, a lot of them had PPE on. In fact, in fact the majority of people had, had masks and, and there was hand sanitizer available to people. But still, if you're so close to somebody, you know, you're, you're increasing the risks. And a lot of people will say, is that more important than a virus and that's up for them to decide i'm sure i'm who am i to, to to say what i think that then people should do in this situation but you know just for the sake of seeing both sides there's no one here i don't think the government included who are saying that it was fine to go to beaches it was fine to break v-day but it's not fine to join these protests they're saying you know for, for, for health's sake yeah don't gather in either of them, which Agreed. I think is an important point to make. I saw the mayor of Manchester on the yeah, this morning actually on the news, and he was saying that you know all of the government, everybody's behind the message, and you know that's fantastic. But just the how how people are deciding to um, voice that message through protests, and nobody is nobody's really advising, um, just because of the the health the health benefit. Yeah, we've already sort of overran on this, but I just wanted to sort of try and sum up from. A, from a white perspective which is not something that i don't think should should be said but i think it is important and that is that as, as i see it and i'm sure as a lot of other people including yourself alex see it the fact that we divide race into black white um asian in for example bme minority ethnicity etc etc i don't understand because as far as i see it there is one race which is the human race. Agreed. And the fact that history has divided these, segregated these people up, doesn't mean it's right to do now, doesn't mean that it was right to do then. However, to move forward, everybody needs to unite, get behind movements such as this. You know, I've seen a lot of people talk about white privilege, which I can, I can understand because, you know, because your life has been, white privilege doesn't mean your life hasn't been difficult all it means is that your life has been made even more difficult because of the color of your skin but that does not mean that people from bme backgrounds are calling every person who is from a white background a racist that's not the case they're not saying that everybody needs to be educated because as i said nobody's born a racist yeah it's something that's unfortunately learn. learned and and people and you know and not everybody does learn that in fact the majority of people don't learn that they learn that that's not the right thing to do and eventually we'll get to a point where well, at least we hope we'll get to a point through education, through whatever, where where, where we don't see colour. I think a lot of people even now don't don't see colour, but the, not, but, but the minority people who do means that these sorts of movements have to take place. I 100% agree with that. I mean, I will end this slide on a, on a, on a um, 
amusing point is that mm-hmm. this always makes me chuckle because my mum was obviously married to a black man and uh, one time before they were going on holiday she actually asked him if he'd been on a sunbed before um, because she really just didn't see him other as being a person um, yeah. and his response was why don't he been on a sunbed because um, <laughs> he already has a fantastic base tan um, but yeah no I just think it was quite an amusing subject that there are a lot of people that just see people as people and that exactly is the position that. That, that we need to get to Okay, it's time for Alex's choice. It God is. Knows what are you going to call it this week, Alex? And as so, always, I don't know what, what it's going to be as well. That makes it even more fun. It is. So this is something that I'm a massive fan of. Um, naps. <laughs> See what I mean? We have no <laughs> idea where this is going, do we? Naps. So I wanted to give you just a couple of um, stats and propose a couple of questions for you. So um, what it, it's actually been found by NASA has done a study in this. NASA. NASA did a study in this. Napa. Napa, yeah, fantastic name. Um, They've done a study that actually says that a 40-minute nap can improve uh, an astronaut's performance by 34% and their alertness by 100%. Um, The NHS has also conducted a study, which was in Switzerland, that said that there is a chance that two or three naps a week for between thir- you know, about 30 minutes uh, time can reduce your risk of heart attack and stroke rate. So right. there is some actual tangible evidence from quite um, reputable sources that naps can yeah. be very beneficial. Um, what I thought was interesting is there's a little bit of a debate whether or not you should have it around 30 minutes, but the period of 30 minutes to 90 minutes is a bad time. It's a no, no, because you'll go go into this like sort of um, it's called slow wave sleep. And that's when you wake up feeling really, really groggy. Uh, You don't want to be in that point. So if you're going to have a nap 30 to 30 minutes or less or 90 minutes around there. But what I actually wanted to just sort of say is how, do people feel about this in napping in the workplace? Because I know for uh, my employer, and I've seen it in Google and some of the big tech companies in the US, they actually have nap pods where employees can go and have a half hour snooze um, just to recuperate. And with these stats, I can't see how anybody can say no. Well, um, I mean, I, as I said, I've got no idea what you're going to come up with. And you've definitely put me on the spot with this one. It's not something I could have ever prepared for. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've just finished uh, studying uh, at Teesside University and they have what I believe is one of the country's first, perhaps in the country's only sleep room. Oh, wow. Which is top floor of the, of the, of the students' union. And I mean, I've never been. I've got no idea if anybody went to it but i mean they obviously seeing these stats and saying well if, if you want to here you are and I, I think i think it's doncaster rovers football club i think i might have the right club there i think it's doncaster who actually got as have employed i think a sleep coach wow to help people work out what cycles of sleep they should be having i think it's something like your body re- re- recuperates in spells of an hour and a half a yes. time or something which yes. makes sense with your 90 minutes so if you're having eight hours sleep and that's not brilliant because then you're waking up in the middle of one yeah so it should be sort of seven and a half or or nine sort of thing i mean 
I think I think the opportunity. I mean, like maybe like Spain, for example, places shut down at, at lunchtime for people. To I'm have a massive a fan of the Mediterranean culture for that. I yeah. mean, I love naps. I will admit, even when I've worked from home at lunchtime, if I've got like an hour, I sometimes close my eyes for half an hour and I get myself up and I'm really, really re-energized and ready to go. Um, but what I also thought is this a business opportunity, Adam, that we could like <laughs> just hire a, a, a location. People can come and have like a half an hour sleep. They we charge them and then they go off. It'd be working fantastic in like London, <laughs> where you know the commuters come in, lunch break, quick snooze, back off to the city to do some stocks and shares. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I. I don't think that everybody will get on will get on board with something like this. I mean, I I only ever nap if I'm if I'm ill. To be honest, the only time I'll sleep during the day. Other than that, I I mean, I, I, I cannot sleep during the day as much as I would want to and try. I don't think it, it's for everybody. But I mean, if it has scientific proven scientific boosting effects, then what then? You know, why why not? Yeah, agreed. So all I'm going to say is just sum up is watch this space on the world of napping because it could soon become a bigger part of your day than you might know. And that is not something that I thought either of us were expected to say half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, on to the final five. Um, last week's challenge was set by myself to find an old school report. It was. And let's see what the teachers said and if they were right or not. So you're gonna, what about you first, Alex? I think, I, I think you should go first. Yes, okay. So I actually had a look through a range of my school uh, reports. And something yeah. that was consistent throughout primary school, really up until I left school, was that I rush. I'm okay. a rusher. Um, and it's driven, and you read it through, Alex has an incredibly high competitive Trent. <laughs> um, so, kid. Yeah, I don't think that, if I'm honest, has really changed very much. <laughs> I am most definitely still competitive. Um, I hate losing. Um, and I probably say I am sort of Russia. I sometimes have to tell myself when I'm reading work for my job, slow yourself down. Stop mm-hmm. trying to do this, uh, do this quicker. Um, I look at some of my grades on, on my school reports um, and the art and design area were never really my forte. <laughs> I mean, that's, um, that's also what I'm going to touch on as well. I yeah. remember, I, 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 it's not my report, but I remember I was doing textiles in year, uh, I think it might have been year eight or year nine. And we had to draw this house and it does not look like a house at all. <laughs> it would have been like some sort of mosaic kind of style. And yeah. we had grading systems from like 1D to 8A or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for this kind of age, I should have probably been around a, a 6 or a 7 level. Mm-hmm. I got given a 3C. <laughs> <laughs> that did, I mean, that really isn't great, that must say. <laughs> no. Um, so, but, but what they all were very complimentary of was that my homework was always in on time and of a high standard. And I think I probably tended yeah. to, to fit a bit more to the academic style subjects. Um, and something that I'm hoping will happen, I don't know if you remember this, but at the end of year 11, we had some award ceremony kind of thing. Um, yes, yes. And I would most likely to be a millionaire. So <laughs> I really am hoping in a few years' time that could be something that uh, comes to fruition. <laughs> oh very good well um i have got to hand three reports that i want us to to, to, to skim through 
And I actually want, first of all, I want to mention one primary school I've not got with me. Uh, I couldn't find it, but I know this is a comment that's, that, that's in it. This is when I was five. I think I was in year two of uh, primary school. And, and I was told that I had very good spelling for my age, but I, st- I always forgot to put the letter H in the word wheel. <laughs> not sure why that was something that's picked up on or why I struggled with it, but I always apparently struggled with that. Do you still struggle um, with it so now, to... Adam? Are you, are you still getting over that? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I've moved on to, to, a, to longer word of difficulties now. Good. Um, so now I've got, I've got, I've got uh, one year nine and two year ten reports that I want to quickly uh, mention. I also had, had, had troubles with art. I, I ended up finding an old, an old art book, actually, from, from year eight or year nine. I can't even tell what I was meant to be drawing, to be honest. Um, but I was told in my report, Adam is a quietly confident member of the group who takes a good interest in art. And I, mm, I'm not sure about that. Is that true, Adam? Um, because definitely I don't, not. it doesn't sound it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Adam has begun to make observations of his own and others' facial features, showing ability to record basic detail in his sketchwork drawings. If that means that I was drawing facial features in these art books, and I can't recognise them. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Just before you can, do, you, do you think that some teachers used to just sort of make these things up and just kind of put it for every student? Uh, I, I think, I think it depends on, on on how you did across the board. I mean, I was, I was in line or exceeded national expectation in that report. So I think that, I think that certain teachers thought, oh well, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt yeah. on that one sort <laughs> of thing. Uh, okay, now I'm on to my year 10. So this is now a college report. We, we were at the same school as at this point. Now, these weren't uh, written up as such. They gave you four bullet points, which was quality of classwork, quality of homework, ability to meet yeah. deadlines, behavior for learning. Yeah. And then your target grade and your predicted grade. And then your overall progress. Uh, I didn't realize, but I think that the geography teacher didn't particularly like me. So here we go first. Well, this is from autumn 2013. This is my I first... Him. Report of year 10. Quality of classwork was good. Quality of homework was excellent. Ability to meet deadlines, excellent. Behaviour for learning was excellent. Target grade A, predicted grade A. But my overall progress was only satisfactory. I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what he what wanted What were you meant to me. do? He wanted you to get an A star. That must have been what it was. Well, possibly. I'm not sure what I was, what I was expected to do. Uh, similar sort of story in our psychology. Excellence across the board. Target grade A. Predicted grade A star. Couldn't be doing any better. My progress, good. <laughs> it, it was excellent. Only good. Did you get then the A spring, star? I didn't. Uh, only in French, which to be fair, I got excellence across the board for. So that was... Uh, one thing I thought would be interesting right. to say. Do you remember when we were both doing A-level maths? And I don't know if you recall this, but I remember seeing my predicted grade at the start of the year be it like an a and mm-hmm. then as we approached the actual close <laughs> to the exam time it was like at a d it just went yeah. down and down and yeah, down it going down yeah. it really didn't do very well yeah oh, I, I, i've got one more to follow up with uh, spring 2014 so this is the following this is still in year 10 back to geography again he really didn't like me. <laughs> Quality of classwork is now excellent. Quality of homework is excellent. Ability to make deadlines is excellent. Behaviour for learning, excellent. Couldn't be any better on that one. Target grade A, predicted grade A. My progress is still satisfactory. What do you want from me? What was I meant to do? Yeah, that's an impossible task, Adam. You, you, be a mind reader. Unbelievable. Fantastic. To be fair, I did, I, did, I did only get a B, so in the end he was right. Yeah. But that's not the point. You must have seen <laughs> into the future. <laughs> so that was fantastic and really, really good insight. What I'm going to challenge you to do now, so it, it's kind of yes. similar to uh, my napping discussion. 
Rise. I'm not going to ask you to nap. Don't panic. Go even though you can if you want to. Um, what I've seen, and I've actually been trying this, is meditation. Oh, you're not going to have to meditate, are you? Yes, I want you... Oh. I'll Give it a go. I want you to... Well, everybody that's listening, to try uh, meditation or breathing exercises. You can find it on YouTube. They're literally three minutes long. Honestly, do it two or three times in the week at lunchtime. I guarantee that you will feel like a new person. I mean... So far, the challenges that you've set me, I have not liked. But as always, Alex, I will do it. I will, I will try my best to do it, and I will report I mean, back next all you've week. got to do is close your eyes and think happy thoughts and do some nice breathing. <laughs> I guess, I guess. It sounds easy, but I bet it's, it's not. It's not too difficult. We'll see. Well, that is us done for this week on the A&A Take. It is. You can find us on social media by searching for the A&A Take on Twitter and Facebook. Um, feel free to send in your thoughts on what we've discussed today. Some of it was, uh, as we said at the time, was a bit sensitive. We haven't got time to cover everything, and, I, I, and hopefully you understand that. But please feel free to send in your thoughts of anything that we have discussed on today's show. And don't forget, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or iTunes, be sure to give us a follow so that you are always alerted when our next episode goes live. But in the meantime, stay safe out there, everyone, and we hope you can join us next week. We will see you then.